Um, so I thought it would be useful to say a little bit about me. There's a selfie I took uh, like 30 minutes ago. Um, uh, in part because it'll it'll kind of help provide some context for how I'm um, how I'm approaching things and and the role that I play um, in in the program. So. Um, in my day job, I'm a, I'm a lecturer in, in philosophy um, uh, at Harvard, and then I wear these sort of two other hats in the, in the ethics and tech arena. So I'm the director of ethics and technology initiatives um, at, the, at the Edmund J. Safra Center for Ethics, and as Marcus, Marcus said, that's a sort of cousin of this center. So like this center, um, the Safra Center for Ethics is a, um, has a sort of university-wide mission um, to advance um, uh, uh, ethics research um, at the university. And then, of course, most relevant to today's talk, I co-direct with some other folks I'll highlight um, shortly, uh, the Embedded Ethics Initiative. Um, but I want to, I, I kind of want to emphasize that these, these roles that I've taken on um, both in researching in the, in the ethical, uh, ethics of tech arena um, and, in, and in teaching, is, I, it still feels quite new to me. So um, I want to say a little bit about how I, how I ended up here. Um, because although I'm an ethical theorist by training, um, until a, a couple of years ago, I really wasn't, not only was I not doing work um, in computer science, but I really wasn't doing work that had any application to real life at all. Um, so I was one of these people who, um, spent time thinking about issues in metaethics. If that doesn't mean anything to you, that's okay. Um, and, and like really foundational issues um, in in normative ethical theory. Not the kind of thing that someone you know could come chat with me about and then learn you know sort of how to live their life. But instead, the the kind of thing where someone could chat with me about whether there are any moral truths at all, and if so, how we learn about them. Um, if so, how you know uh, why they're this way rather than some other way. Okay, so I ended up here um, in large part due to um, a teaching collaboration that um, um, I kind of stumbled into. Um, so in, in the fall of 2017, um, I was convinced slash, slash gently coerced uh, into, into co-teaching in the computer science department um, with, with Barbara Gross, um, whom I'll, I'll talk more about. So Barbara, um, much to her credit, um, had recognized um, a, a sort of urgent need to introduce some ethics, some, some ethical content into her own teaching um, in computer science. And somewhat unusually, at least in my experience, had um, a pretty good idea of what philosophy as a discipline could, could, bring, to that, could bring to that endeavor. Um, so my understanding, and I, she'll tell you more about this, is that um, in developing a new course on um, intelligent systems, <coughs> uh, design, and ethical challenges, um, she had always hoped to co-teach it um, with a philosopher. That wasn't available to her in year one. She ran it again in year two and had a, a philosophy PhD assisting. Um, and then in year three, I was you know, lying around not doing any useful ethics. Um, and uh, and uh, long story short, met with Barbara and became um, immediately convinced that this was a good idea um, and that she really knew um, what the 
uh, you know, a sort of teaching marriage between a computer scientist and a philosopher might look like and what goods it might give rise to. And so, and so I said yes. Um, with enthusiasm, but a, but a great deal of anxiety. Um, I hadn't thought about computer science, I think, since high school. Um, and even then, you know, it was like silly coding in C++. Um, and as I said, um, although, I, although I had plenty of experience teaching applied issues, wasn't really working um, in, in, um, in uh, close application. Um, but it was, it was terrifically, um, terrifically beneficial to me. Um, so I, I, I learned so much, not only from Barbara, but from, but from our, our excellent students. Um, and it really made vivid to me um, that philosophers um, hadn't been doing enough to, to, address, um, to address questions on the research <coughs> side, and also that we were inter interestingly well positioned to um, be useful to, um, to, to computer scientists uh, and, and perhaps other, um, other science fields who are interested in making a real effort in, in, in ethics education. So around the same time, so that was fall, that was fall 2017, shortly before um, and then throughout fall 17, Barbara was also at work on um, laying the foundations for embedded ethics. And so as I was teaching with her, I came to learn more about her, um, uh, her efforts in the Embedded Ethics Program, and over time, uh, you know, I, I kind of found myself um, uh, working to, to help uh, usher this, this program along. I should draw attention um, not only to Barbara, but to Allison Simmons, my colleague in the philosophy, de the philosophy department, so, so far as the, um, you know, the real origin of the Embedded Ethics Program, it's all, it's all due to them. Um, and really incredibly, I think, um, they, uh, they just started doing it. <laughs> um, uh, it was, it was part, of what's, part of what's led to success for us, I think, is that um, this is really entirely faculty driven and really almost entirely responsive to student demand. Um, so Barbara perceived, in part through teaching um, this course in AI, that students are very hungry for um, addressing ethical challenges alongside learning, um, uh, uh, becoming experts in, uh, in, the, in the technical areas. Um, students said, okay, we want more of this, you know, where do we go? Um, and there weren't really a lot of options. So Barbara was put in touch with Allison, I think, by an undergraduate. And Barbara said, okay, we're going to do something. Um, you know, let's let's figure it out, um, and that and that has um, given rise to this program that we now call Embedded Ethics. So let me linger here now to, to describe in a little a little more detail a little more detail. <coughs> excuse me, um, how the program works. So, as the name suggests, one core element of the program is that we want to embed ethics expertise into computer science classrooms. Um, for us, that takes the form of getting advanced PhD students from the philosophy department, people who um, have you know, nearly completed um, uh, their degrees and are themselves experts in, in philosophical ethics, um, into, into computer science classrooms to provide um, sort of custom-built 
ethics content for individual classes. <coughs> I'll talk more about that um, in just a bit. So we want to embed. Secondly, we want to distribute. So um, we, our ambition is to, um, I said this last night too, I, I'm always so tempted to say infiltrate, but it makes it sound like we're unwelcome. <laughs> um, but let's stick with that. We want to infiltrate um, as much as of much of the, the computer science curriculum uh, as we can. The very first semester in which embedded ethics modules were run um, was spring 2017. Um, Barbara and Allison rightly decided to take small steps and so targeted especially enthusiastic members of the computer science faculty who were willing to um, sign up for this experiment. I think in that term they ran modules in four classes. Um, since that time, um, I ought to have gotten the final number in my head. In my head. I, I confess I don't have it. You can find it on our website. I think we've been in 30 courses, not including uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of eight to 10 new courses um, that, we'll, um, that we'll be working in or are already working in this academic year. Later on, I'll show you a list of courses that we're working with this term and next term. Um, and our ambition is to keep going um, and to really hit as much of the computer science curriculum as we can. It's sort of, um, uh, it, it's clear enough, I think, how ethics is related to certain elements in the computer science curriculum, so it's no accident that what Bar the, the course that Barbara and I um, worked on on our own um, was um, related to artificial intelligence. There's right, a great, a huge, a huge conversation at play. Um, but part of what we want to reinforce by distributing as widely as we can is that there are almost no areas of, um, of work in computer science that are, if you like, untouched by ethical, ethical considerations. So we found ourselves in a wide range of courses, not only in artificial intelligence, but in, um, um, we've been in some applied math classes, we're in uh, database, um, uh, database architecture classes. Um, it's almost, you name it, we're in it. Um, uh, not quite, um, but, um, but we're continuing uh, to grow and to see a rapid uptake um, among the among the CS faculty. Um, I'll mention just a, um, just two other kind of key high level um, features of the program before um, getting into some more uh, nuts and bolts. Um, the first is that, and here I'm kind of speaking on Barbara and Allison's behalf, you'll hear more about this I think when Barbara visits. Um, since I wasn't there at the, uh, at the, at the moment of creation. Um, but a major reason for um, where we, uh, why we ended up where we are, that is why the program has the shape that it has, is that Barbara and Allison, I think, rightly saw <coughs> that alternative approaches to getting some form of ethics education into computer science um, curricula um, are, are difficult. Um, so one approach is to build something like a standalone computer science and ethics or computer science and society uh, course 
um, and maybe even do that um, really well, make it um, co-led by an interdisciplinary team of instructors, maybe make it required for everyone um, in the major. Um, and I want to say, I'm about to mention a challenge for this and for another approach, but again, we don't think that uh, you know we have kind of a, a silver bullet here, or that, um, or or even that um, approaches that approaches that don't really look like ours at all might not be best suited for other kinds of institutions. But um, uh, so so you really should take all of this merely to be kind of an explanation. Um, um, so one thing that, that um, we're concerned with with that kind of approach is that it, it sort of um, removes ethics um, away from what students are inclined to think of as the core of the CS curriculum. So we develop the standalone class, you go and you do your ethics, but that's done now, and now you go back and you work on algorithmic design or you work on um, database architecture or whatever it is. Um, so maybe like you do the ethics first, and then you, you go off and do the technical stuff, or you do the technical stuff, and then at the end um, you say, ah, ha, ha, here's this capstone ethics thing, um, which sort of suggests that you ought to have been thinking about it all along, but we weren't doing anything to encourage it. So um, we, want to, we want to avoid um, sending, um, sending that signal. A second approach that faces um, uh, a significant set of challenges is an approach whereby we train um, computer science faculty to uh, themselves feel comfortable delivering sort of the ethics content themselves. Um, and for those of you familiar with the sort of ethics education literature, we can we can go and learn um, about um, about programs that, that have tried just this. But uh, you know, right away, um, you can identify some some hurdles. Right, someone has to provide the training. CS faculty have to be convinced that it's a that it's a good thing. They have to um, have time to do it, and of course there are ways to incentivize um, these these kinds of things. But if you recall, um, you know, part of what I think part of what Barbara had in mind is that there was an urgent demand um, that that she wanted to meet um, more or less immediately. Um, and I and, and again she'll say more about this, but I think recognized some anxiety among her among her colleagues at the prospect of themselves having to do this, right? I mean, uh, I would be quite anxious if I had to deliver technical content in my introduction to ethical, into e in my introduction to ethics classes, and that's because I don't, you know, I have no training, I, have no, I don't know how to do that. Um, and even if I had, you know, a nice few weeks in the summer, I think I would still, you know, come away feeling, feeling quite nervous. Um, okay, so um, part of this kind of like guerrilla approach um, uh, was motivated by attempting to avoid those um, those those hurdles and challenges. Okay, and then last key idea, sort of big picture idea that I want to um, highlight before we move forward, is that um, our hope is that everything that we're developing um, could, in principle, be useful um, to to other educators. So again, that's not because we're um, fanatically devoted to this model and we think that just anyone will pick it up um, and be able to run it themselves. But we do think that the kinds of um, educational tools that we're building could be useful in other kinds of contexts too. And we want to be really careful to avoid um, 
I can't remember which of my colleagues introduced it this way in an interview, but we want to try to avoid the, the pitfall that universities are going to start thinking about this as a kind of competition to get, um, you know, the approach to doing ethics in computer science. Um, as one of my colleagues put it, this isn't a team sport that we're trying to win. Um, we're trying to do our part, part to solve, or at least partially solve, an, an extremely urgent social problem. And so if we're doing something that's useful in that respect, um, we want everybody to have access to it. So you can visit our website. I had the um, address at the beginning. I'll, the address will appear again on the, on the final slide. Um, so as we're developing our content, our final stage process is to get everything ready for, um, for open access um, sharing. Um, so as the program has um, flourished, um, the, the leadership has, um, has grown. And so I want to draw attention to um, a couple of folks that I haven't, that I haven't mentioned yet. So um, Barbara has since retired, and um, we, were, um, we wanted to be careful to have in place you know, a well-established team um, to, to, um, to, to carry on the work. So Allison and I um, now co-direct things on the philosophy side, um, and there are, um, we have our, our partners uh, in computer science um, co-directing uh, on that side of things are Radhika Narpal, um, who works um, in sort of bioengineering robotics, um, and Stephen Chong, um, who um, a, a great bulk of his work in any case is in um, privacy and, and security. Um, so, I want to tell you a little bit about um, the the work that I'm doing. Um, so, in our in our division of labor, um, I'm primarily I am the person who's primarily working with on the on the pedagogical aspects of the program. That is, with the people who are really developing the content and, um, and then executing. So that. That's what I'll mostly focus on for the, for the remainder of my time. So as I said, um, the way we proceed is to recruit advanced philosophy PhD students, and then we pair them with computer science course heads who volunteer. They just opt in, um, sometimes with a little prodding from Steve, um, but um, uh, usually with not much prodding at all. Um, and the philosophy postdoc is responsible, the philosophy, excuse me, um, graduate fellow, as we call them, uh, is responsible for meeting with the course head, uh, discussing with them um, how they envision some ethical content fitting into their, uh, in fitting into their, um, their course. And then um, the philosophy graduate fellows develop the, the ethical modules uh, in collaboration among themselves uh, and then with myself, two philosophy postdocs and two CS postdocs in a weekly meeting of what we call the, the teaching lab. So this is a two hour meeting that's dedicated almost entirely to uh, workshopping the, the, develop, the developing modules. Um, I'll talk a little bit more in a moment about what that looks like. And then as we're winding down toward the end of the semester, um, getting, getting the modules ready for, for open access sharing. So um, 
in the in the typical course of things, a, a philosophy graduate fellow uh, is assigned to either three or four uh, CS courses in a term. So because they're developing content that um, will span one or two um, class meetings uh, in a CS course, we can um, we can uh, send them to uh, uh, to multiple interested parties. Um, this year, the introduction of the CS postdocs is new. So last, uh, um, there's something that again came up last night during Q&A. This year, we're um, lucky to be the recipients uh, of, a, of a grant admi um, administered by the Mozilla Foundation. Um, this is through what was called the, the Responsible Computer Science Challenge. Um, and part of our idea in our, in our pitch for that grant was to buy some time from existing computer science postdocs and get them in um, sort of in the pedagogical lab um, so that we have, uh, it'd be like kind of on-demand um, tech, tech consultants. Um, we found that it's extremely important that whatever content we're delivering in the classes is as tied as closely as closely as is possible to to the technical content um, uh, in the courses that already exist. So I'll, I'll mention just one. Here's a, a sort of anecdote. I probably won't even get the technical details right. So um, go go easy on me. Um, so this year we're in a um, a, a database uh, course. And uh, I was talking with the graduate fellow who's assigned with that and with one of our CS postdocs. And um, uh, we had decided that that course's module would, would focus to some degree or other on, on privacy. And Shaborna, the CS postdoc, said, oh, okay, well, we'll have to we should really talk about column storage because they'll be, they'll be learning about column storage and building databases that make use of column storage. And then you know she got a few more sentences in, and I and Heather, the philosophy graduate fellow, said, um, "Can you try again? Uh, what's uh, what's column storage?" Um, and a few minutes later, we had gotten um, uh, after asking some questions. Shaborna said, uh, "Okay, here's what a database is." <laughs> um, and so we really kind of got back to uh, uh, to ground level. But then only five to ten minutes later. Um, Shaborna had um, revealed to us that in building databases, we have a kind of um, trade-off in computational efficiency for reading and reading from them and writing to them. So if you want to build a database that's really easy to retrieve information from, it's probably not going to be a database that it's easy to um, edit the content of, including making deletions, um, which you might think are important in some contexts for um, ensuring privacy. Um, and so you might think, ah, oh, you know, well, uh, we should just tell Google, uh, you know, when I hit the delete button, just arrange things so that we get a, a kind of instantaneous physical delete of my information. And it turns out that ain't going to happen um, if you want to be able to search your past emails in, with any kind of um, um, reasonable speed. Um, and so this is exactly the kind of outcome we were hoping for when we were getting, um, when, we, when we sort of had this idea of getting the CS postdocs and the grad fellows um, an opportunity to have a close conversation with each other as, as we're building the content. 
And so now that module is under <coughs> under development now, um, and and will highlight exactly this um, um, this this feature of a storage technique that the students are would all would, would be working on anyway um, in this database class, you know, absent the the um, the, the ethics module. Um, and um, I sort of ended up going from the bottom of this list up. I, um, I'm gonna give a lot of credit here to our two philosophy postdocs. Um, um, they're really kind of, in my mind, they're really kind of running the pedagogical show. I'm there to um, you know, lend what assistance I can and to put out fires and to help with administrative tasks and so on, but we're lucky to have um, two, um, um, two, really, two really excellent um, philosophy postdocs who we're going to spend a lot of time thinking about, about ethics pedagogy. Um, so, as I said, um, it's a bit blurry, huh? Um, as I said, uh, a standard uh, a standard term will see a graduate fellow working on three or four courses. Um, so here are the list of, of courses that we're working on um, this semester and next. Um, and I see actually um, there ought to be a 10th item on the this semester list. That's Steve's fault, it's not my fault. Um, <laughs> um, and off the top of my head, I'd say roughly half of these are, uh, are new. So we do have uh, some repeats from previous years. Um, and as you can see, um, we have some course numbers with two digits in, in Harvard system that <coughs> those represent introductory level courses. The 100 level courses are um, mixed, um, advanced undergrad and grad, and the 200 level courses are grad. Uh, it turns out also the computer scientists designed the course number so that the tens digit has representational content. The ten, so the the numeral in the in the tens space um, corresponds to areas of computer science, areas of teaching computer. I don't know. Maybe that's common. So yeah, you do it too. Yeah, I mean, it's not surprising, I suppose, that uh, you, um, you guys um, built uh, this neat um, representational system um, uh, using numbers. I, I can't reproduce this off the top of my head, but um, you know, some of this is hardware, some of these is theoretical stuff, some of this is applied math, um, uh, et cetera, uh, et cetera. And so that's what we're up to, um, that's what we're up to this term. I just want to, uh, as I said, highlight um, some of what I think has been really encouraging uh, about what we're doing and then end with um, a couple of questions that I think confront us um, as we move forward. So first, um, and um, I mean, it's, it's, this is really something that I don't think we could have taken, granted, taken for granted at the beginning. There's been tremendous enthusiasm um, uh, among both the students and the computer science faculty. So we have some um, instruments for collecting feedback from the students, um, you know, quite simple measures. Um, but you know, we're like doing really well on on, on our Likert scores uh, for uh, you know enthusiasm about the content, for seeing another embedded ethics module in the future, um, uh, etc. The students have kindly written up a couple of pieces um, in the in the Harvard. Uh, a newspaper calling um, for sort of more of the same uh, and for um, greater attention to ethics education elsewhere. Um, 
And uh, the CS faculty have just been tr tremendously welcoming um, and enthusiastic and enthusiastic partners. I mentioned also, I mentioned earlier the Responsible Computer Science Challenge. One thing that was sort of exciting um, as we learned more about that uh, challenge after we had, after we had um, been announced as one of the winners is that we learned that some of the folks who also won had made explicit reference to our program um, in their own applications and, and said, you know, we'd like to try something like that. Um, and so we have at least some evidence. I mean, that's not, that's, you know, not, um, not overwhelming evidence, um, but great, uh, some evidence that um, it's, it's an attractive enough idea to other people working in this pedagogical space that they might like to um, try it themselves. And we have even more evidence um, that there are other academic units internal to Harvard that um, would also like to try their hand at something um, like this approach. So it's probably too, I, I don't know, I suppose to protect their privacy, I'll not name them since we're in sort of the early stages of figuring out how this might work. Um, but you know, more than a few um, other academic units have approached us and said, um, that looks neat. Um, can we try something as well? And then the last really kind of exciting bit I'll mention is that um, the collaboration, while it is straightforwardly a teaching collaboration, has also given rise to some to some research output. So, um, as in my own experience in teaching with Barbara, some of our um, some of our PhD students have, um, while developing their modules, thought, you know what, I actually really have something that I'd like to say about. Uh, fairness and, bi and, and bias in machine learning, or something to say about <laughs> privacy as it's understood in this uh, in this engineering engineering setting. Um, and again, as we said last night, I think that's um, it's it's much to philosophy's credit if we get more of that happening. There's not enough of it happening, and there's not enough of it happening in close in close conversation with technical experts. Okay, so a couple challenges that um, are, that are on my mind anyway. Here, I suppose I'm speaking um, mostly for myself, um, and and not and not for my colleagues. So um, while the while the 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 prospect of expansion both outside of Harvard and, and within it is exciting, it also confronts us um, with some some real challenges. So um, in my list of the uh, regular attendees of the teaching lab, we see um, some real human capital there, right? There's there's a philosophy faculty member, we've got postdocs from multiple disciplines, we've got PhD students who would otherwise be doing other kinds of teaching duties um, now dedicating their time here. So when, you know, departments X, Y, and Z approach us and say, can we try something like this too? Um, we're not in a position to say, yes, we have 12 other uh, advanced PhD students waiting in the wings uh, to assist you in developing content. So um, one thing we're thinking about, trying to think about carefully, is what, what would it look like to build out um, sort of the human capacity that would be required to do this um, at, a, at a larger scale. Similarly, for, other, for, de for departments beyond Harvard, they'll have to think to themselves, what would it take for me and my institution with my um, you know, barriers and, and opportunities to realize something, something like this? Vision, and then lastly, something that's been much in my mind, and this is the idea that I thought was at least um, adjacent to the uh, to the question earlier, is the question of evaluation. So um, we are optimistic that uh, embedding and distributing will pay dividends 
um, over the long term. But this is um, at least at least so far as we know, um, it's not exactly novel, but it's 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 a quite unusual um, um, pedagogical approach. And we don't have good existing um, evaluative and assessment tools to, to measure success. As I said, we built some ourselves. Um, we consider those kind of uh, our, our, our first steps. Um, but one thing we'd really like to do is to um, be in a position where we can get some assessment scientists to really sit down with us um, and, and craft um, um, sort of custom material um, we, we need to sort of figure out what would it take to know whether this is making a difference. Um, and then we need to start measuring it in that way. Um, and I think that goes, by the way, for other kinds of um, pedagogical interventions in this space, too. Um, I gave you some reasons to be skeptical of the build a standalone class and then do it. But, you know, that's an, it's, it's at least in part an empirical hypothesis. Maybe it turns out that um, that, that approach really does work. But first, we have to figure out what it would look like to know whether it's working, and then we have to go and, and we have to and we have to find out. So those are two um, two challenges that are um, that are that are much in my mind. Um, so I think I'll open things up now. But there's my email address. If you have thoughts, um, if you want to learn more, or um, or 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 say, you know, here's here's you know some exciting input, and you don't get to ask your question or share. Um, your insight today, please, please, please get in touch. Um, we really think of this as a as a as a collaborative um, enterprise. Um, and there's our uh, there's our URL for um, for you to go um, nose around. You can find out a little more information. There's this video of me and Barbara um, talking about things. There's the full list of modules, um, etc. So uh, so thanks very much. Thank you.